Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man to my side, there we go, I changed it, is Scott Jason of Fog.net. Scott, welcome back. Hope uh, you're feeling okay. I'm, I'm feeling good. Didn't test positive or anything, but had a little bit of a quarantine. This is our Halloween edition of the show, so I'm actually dressed as Fitz, and Fitz is dressed as me. You just can't tell because we're also miming each other's voices. It's really complicated. This is a complicated show. You can interact <laughs> with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, K-State went to West Virginia unbeaten in the Big 12, and the Wildcats were dominated by the Mountaineers 37-10. Fitz, what went wrong in Morgantown? Uh, the game started, and <laughs> then it went wrong. Uh, everything went wrong for Kansas State. Let's just say this. West Virginia was the better team, the more motivated team, uh, the more polished team from the very start of this game. Uh, pretty much through the end. Kansas State just didn't look like a functioning team all the, all the way through this game. Will Howard appeared to be nervous for the first time. Maybe it was because playing five hours from his home in Pennsylvania, he had a bunch of friends and family there. Uh, but this doesn't lie at the feet of a freshman quarterback. This lies at everyone's feet. K-State just didn't look mentally and schematically prepared for this game. It was as bad as they looked against Arkansas State, except West Virginia is a better team. West Virginia's defense is extremely good, and they just completely stifled Kansas State throughout this game. And Will Howard just never really got comfortable, with the exception being his one touchdown pass to Malik Knowles. That's right, folks, we've spotted Malik Knowles. He's been found, and he caught a touchdown towards the end of the second quarter. And that was it, really, for K-State. They came out in the second half, and. It just kind of fell apart. A little screen pass bounced off Javaston Taylor's hands. Ended up an interception touchdown for the Mountaineers. Everything that has gone right for this team in going 4-0 kind of went wrong for this team in Morgantown. West Virginia is a team that's better than its record. It played an extremely good football game, both offensively and defensively. Letty Brown with 102 yards sets the foundation for a running game that sets up the pass game. And that's exactly what happened. But more importantly for Kansas State, its inexperienced offensive line really faltered in the face of a very good front four for West Virginia. West Virginia was able to pressure and kind of control the line of scrimmage and then drop a bunch of guys back in coverage that confused a young quarterback. Kudos to Neil Brown in West Virginia. Kansas State needs to put this one behind him, Scott, and just get home and play 
Well, it's Oklahoma State on Saturday, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't think you can read too much into this game, just mm-hmm. like you couldn't read too much into Arkansas State, nor could you read maybe too much into beating Oklahoma in Norman. Well, you mentioned West Virginia being better than its record, and, and I'd agree, too, just from the perspective of they do things schematically a lot different than a lot of the other teams in the Big 12, especially just the number of screen passes and, and kind of short, kind of different design plays that they throw at you. Kansas, you could say, got a little lucky. They got an interception on, on one of those screen passes, but first half of that Kansas game, too, when Kansas played uh, West Virginia, they absolutely destroyed the Jayhawks with those kind of short, schematically well-designed plays. Maybe the best thing West Virginia did was not let K-State get away in special teams. They did a good job bottling that up. Scott, if you only looked at the stat sheet after Kansas fell to Iowa State 52-22, you'd think it was another blowout. Scott, it technically was. Yeah. But you feel this loss was a little bit different than that. Why? Well, it, it's funny because, first of all, let's let's think about where Iowa State was coming into the season, right? They were maybe a dark horse national championship contender. Maybe that's a little too strong, but certainly a Big 12 title contender. By the way, they're still kind of a Big 12 title contender, even with their one loss. But this was a game that was at a 16-point margin, 1-6. I know it ended at 30 in the fourth quarter midway through. And it wasn't like Kansas scored to cut a 23-point lead to 16, but then Iowa State put it out of reach. No, Kansas cut the deficit to 16. They scored a touchdown. They went for two on a really uh, kind of cool trick play that they've run, I-, I think, four or five times over the last you know, five or six years under two different coaches, by the way. So I don't know how this play has survived, but it's where a wide receiver takes a toss or a handoff and then throws it. Uh, they've run this play over and over. Steven Sims, Andrew Parchment, it worked. Kansas pulls within 16 and then gets an interception to get the ball back driving in the fourth quarter to potentially make this a one-score game. This was a lot closer than the final margin. Now, Kansas had issues defensively. Brock Purdy entered this game with eight touchdowns to one interception against Kansas. That's very, very good in two games, his his first and second years playing. And yet, uh, the young Kansas players really stood up. You know, Kansas was without, I believe, three of its top five receivers, two offensive linemen, its starting two linebackers, its starting safety, uh, COVID, contact tracing, whatever it was, absolutely decimated the roster, this time more than any other game so far this year. The, the roster was extremely depleted, and yet you had a number of freshmen and sophomores who were all Kansas's best player, uh, best players. And I, I think the, the sequence that sums it up is when Jalen Daniels rushed for his touchdown, it was an option play he scored. You have Jalen Daniels, a true freshman, he scored. He faked the option to Daniel Hyshaw, a true freshman. Uh, snapping him the ball, a true freshman. His right guard, a true freshman. His left guard, a redshirt freshman. His tight end blocking, a sophomore. So you have freshman, 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 sophomore creating a play that resulted in a touchdown. That's a lot of youth playing well. This game was a lot closer than the final score. I think Matt Campbell may have had some friends he wanted to help out with the line because uh, they were certainly gunning for those touchdowns late. I think those friends are in Vegas because they got the cover out of that. Mm -hmm. Well, Oklahoma State finally lost, and with K-State losing, there are now no undefeated teams left in the Big 12. Scott, Iowa State, K-State, and Oklahoma State all have one Big 12 loss. Who is in the driver's seat of this conference? You'd think Oklahoma State would be the easy choice to go to, especially, you know, they were right there with Texas. Some suspicious calls at the end of that game, especially a pass interference uh, call in overtime that set Texas up with a touchdown that uh, not only was the receiver untouched and 
seemed to trip over his own feet and falling down for Texas. But if even if he had been, the Oklahoma State defensive back was actually in position to make a play and, and has every bit of right to where the ball is going as the wide receiver does. So I thought that was, a, we'll call it a, a bad call, maybe a suspicious call, you know, anytime it's Texas. But uh, think about this. Oklahoma State still has to deal with Oklahoma. They might be an underdog in that game. Iowa State is kind of a fascinating team here in the Big 12 race because you look at their schedule. They have Baylor, they have Kansas State, both of those games at home. They have West Virginia, that's also at home. And then they go to Texas. And, and that's the game to me that I would really circle and say, Iowa State has a chance here to rack up four, I'm not gonna call them easy wins. Certainly no game in the Big 12, especially schematically sound teams. You think about what K-State's done. No, no game's gonna be easy, but Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas. They can go 4-0, go 8-1, and and be in the Big 12 title game. I think it's Iowa State. Very interesting. And you know what? Um, Iowa State's the only one of these teams who've gotten uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma out of the way. And, and now they've got Kansas State coming up. I think it's in three weeks. K-State's got an off week between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. I, I would say the answer to this question is the winner of next Saturday's Oklahoma State-K-State game, which you know, might be Oklahoma State according to the odds makers, because you will be 2-0 and against the other top teams. And I'm including Oklahoma into mm-hmm. that mix because all of a sudden the Sooners decided it's a, they're a good football team. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but they got some guys back and now they're going to be good. Um, I, I'm just going to be really intrigued to see how Oklahoma State does against Oklahoma down the road. Mm-hmm. But to secure their position now, they better beat Kansas State. The winner of the game in Manhattan really is in the driver's seat uh, because then, you know, at least you're kind of guaranteeing, close to guaranteeing yourself mm-hmm. a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. We'll see o- how it plays out. Oklahoma lurking there, too. They're, they're not totally out of the picture nope. just yet. They, they need some help, but they're mm-hmm. getting it, aren't they? Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Uh, Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, if Skylar Thompson were healthy, would the Wildcats be your pick to win the Big 12? We look at the results here. Yes, 53%, just over half. No, 47%. It's, it's a lot closer than I thought it'd be, but I, I think you could make a legitimate argument for it. Well, it is an interesting question. I think the answer is probably no, because the quarterback play was not really the worst problem case they had at West Virginia. Here's this week's question. Who is the best coach in the Big 12? We've listed off three here. Lincoln Riley, Mike Gundy, Chris Kleiman, and then the rest of the bunch. Matt Campbell, Patterson, anyone you want. Vote for D, but you got to do it on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. 
Fitz, K-State lost to Arkansas State, rattled off four Big 12 victories, and then lost badly at West Virginia. Is this team good, bad, somewhere in between? What's the pulse of this K-State team? Yeah, you know what? Probably somewhere in between. Uh, maybe even skewing to the the downward side. I, I think K-State kind of put it all together in a series of games. But if you go back and now look at how those games came up, came to be, they, they beat Texas Tech, um, and Texas Tech's not very good. They go to TCU and win a close game. TCU played better on Saturday, but they had one win going into the weekend. And then, of course, they beat Kansas. And that, uh, that win at Oklahoma kind of has this fluky feeling about it, but they still got it. This team's 4-0 uh, heading into Morgantown. They end up 4-1. And, and I just want to remind people that K-State won five Big 12 games last year. They went 5-4. and four. And I thought this would be a very similar season to what we saw last year. And then the pandemic hits and they lose a couple non-conference games. And then lo and behold, they come back and they lose that only non-conference game they have. I'm just going to say it. If they can win more, one more game and match last year's conference win total, I don't know how you see this season as anything but a success. Um, and even that's got them going one and four down the stretch. They do go to Baylor. Baylor looked awful for the most part against TCU. They do have Texas coming into Manhattan in December. Uh, pray for cold winter. Uh, but these next two games will really sort out what this team's about. Oklahoma State comes to Manhattan. They take an off week, and then they go to Iowa State. And at that point, you're going to find out, is this team really good? Because if so, they're going to win at least one of those games. Uh, but even if they lose and they get to four and three, as they prepare for Baylor, this team still has a ch- chance to do things that maybe none of us ever expected. Mm-hmm. And that might be win six games, win seven games. I don't know. This team, uh, is there something about them uh, that they're scrappy? They kind of find a way to win. That just didn't happen in Morgantown. More, uh, West Virginia was clearly the better team. But now they hit the reset button, come home, and get ready for Oklahoma State. and. Scott, you play the games, and that you just never know what's going to happen in this conference. Yeah, I mean, you guys listening, watching, have probably heard me say this before, but the mark of a good coach can be when you're rebuilding, when things you don't have, the, the, maybe the season where it's all been building to this year, it's those other years, you still find ways to win games. I think that's what Chris Kleiman has done this year already. See if he can do it down the stretch. Yep, indeed. Scott, you mentioned some of the young faces who stood out on Saturday. A couple of them seem to come out of nowhere. I don't think that's literally true. Are there any players you'd like to highlight from the young Kansas court, and did anyone actually come out of nowhere? Because I don't know where that is. Well, I'll tell you what. Two two players in particular, I'll give you one on offense, one on defense, they actually kind of did come out of nowhere if you could materialize that. The first one you see on your screen right there, his name is Luke Grimm. He made uh, a fantastic reception to set up a touchdown. He had the biggest game of his uh, young Kansas career. And, oh, by the way, on this Daniel Hyshaw run for a touchdown that you see, he sprung it with a block. He blocked one defensive back into another player. Uh, this is a freshman who was not the highest-rated wide receiver in Kansas's class out of Ray Peck. And when Kansas found him, uh, they actually worked him out at a camp, and they put him at defensive back. And this is something some other colleges had done with him. He played wide receiver in high school. They wanted to give him a try at defensive back and they were impressed. Defensive coordinator DJ Elliott was actually the one who initially offered him, and the idea was he's probably gonna play safety. Maybe he'll get in at wide receiver. Well, lo and behold, he has a huge senior year at Ray Pack. He absolutely uh, improves in a number of ways, including his speed, his route running, 
he becomes a no-doubt wide receiver guy. We hear him talked up before the season, and now the Kansas wide receiver room is missing three uh, faces. It's top-ranked freshman Stephon Robinson, who had ankle surgery. T.K. Williams, uh, another guy who's been in that starting rotation, is out, uh, and he gets his chance to play. Now, defensively, uh, the guy that came to mind was Dejon Terry because uh, he wasn't a football player three years ago. This was a guy as a junior in high school was playing basketball. He's 6'4", at the time about 360, 370, maybe 380 pounds. We asked him what position he played, just kind of jokingly. He said point forward. So he was a point guard, a ball handler, if you can imagine that. He, as he tells the story, he got crossed over one time really bad. He fell down an ankle-breaking crossover and said, you know what? I'm done with basketball. People want me to play football. I'm a big guy. I'm going to play football. Became a high three-star prospect. Got an uh, offer from Colorado. Uh, had some late LSU interest. Louisiana State ends up going to Kansas, signing with Kansas. Uh, he's, as a redshirt freshman, he's trimmed down. He's lost about 60 pounds. He's playing really well right now. Those two guys were a bright spot for Kansas this last week. Did you say Luke Grimm stepped out of nowhere on Halloween? Hmm. The Grim uh. Reaper is his nickname. That's not a joke. They uh. actually call him the Grim Reaper. There you go. There we go. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Scott, the election is Tuesday. I don't know if anyone noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you haven't seen an ad or two about it. So let's have ourselves a little debate. You are running for the president of college football. What's your platform? Well, I, look, I think it starts with the playoff, but maybe not in the way you think. And, and something that a lot of people have said, but I, I think it's starting to really hit home to me, is that the college football playoff places way too much emphasis on being one of those top four teams. And, and in turn, really affects how recruiting works, where all the good players are going, the kind of focus for the season. And the example I would give is, what happened when Iowa State lost to Louisiana? Everyone was, I mean, they're 0-0 they're in the Big 12 still, and everyone's talking about, well, so much for the college football playoff. What happened when Oklahoma lost? So much for the college football playoff, Oklahoma State lost. My Twitter feed is entirely, well, the Big 12 can't make the college football playoff. There's so much more for so many teams other than the college football playoff. Uh, Fitz, we've talked about it before. I think it should be expanded to eight. I wouldn't be mad if it were expanded to 16. I do not like the four-team college football playoff. It's better than two. Don't get me wrong, but it places way too much emphasis on being one of those four teams. I think it needs to change. I would have a uh, three-point platform in this election. <laughs> one, expand the playoff to eight teams with every uh, Power Five or conference getting an automatic bid. Mm -hmm. I like that. I would probably also move all bowl games to Las Vegas because <laughs> that's where they should be. I think we can all agree on that. And the third part of my platform would be this. you got to play at least nine conference games. Are you listening, SEC? Mm -hmm. you got to play at least nine conference games every year so that it's a nice level playing field. I might even go for 10, Scott. I don't know how the Big 12 is going to do that without expansion. Maybe that's another thing on my, my platform. Big 12, you got to have 12. Your name says it. You're a bunch of liar faces. Yeah, no, I like that. I think you should be mandated. Whatever your conference is called, you have to have that many number of teams. I believe C is the Roman numeral for 100. I'd like to see 100 teams in the SEC. There we go. I like it a lot. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, Fitz, do you believe in the freshman wall? I'm worried about Deuce. That's from Ben in Topeka. I absolutely believe in the freshman wall more in basketball than football. Uh, I, I don't think that Will Howard really what this was about, the freshman wall. I just think uh, he had a bad day. 
Um, I think he's a little dinged up. I think he's trying to be too exact with his throws and in the process not throwing it hard enough, not zipping it in there. I think he's going to be fine as long as his health holds up. Uh, but he is a freshman, and for the first time he looked like a freshman, a true freshman. I mean, he was playing high school football a year ago. He's going to be okay. Um, it's just a lot to ask of a freshman to be consistently good because up until this game, folks, you may not realize this, his numbers were almost completely comparable, almost identical to Skylar Thompson. And uh, that says an awful lot about how he's been playing. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. It's election week. Vote, vote, vote. Mm -hmm. But on our predictions, that's what we want you to do. Let's look at last week's results, please. Let's bring that up. <clears throat> the race tightened up. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Uh, Scott had a bad week. Thank you, to Matt Campbell, for running it up. <laughs> and I closed some space there. It's getting interesting. It's getting interesting. Scott's 0-3. Two and one. Last week the fans were two and one. Scott still leads it ten and nine. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to this week's games and let's start with this remarkable spread set by Vegas, mind you. Kansas plus 37 and a half at Oklahoma. Scott, will Oklahoma win by 38 points or more in Norman? I am taking Kansas, and when they when Oklahoma puts up like 65 points, I'm gonna feel really bad about it. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I think it's a large number, but I think Oklahoma is trying to prove something to mm -hmm. everyone, including itself. Yeah. Well, next, Oklahoma State minus nine and a half at Kansas State. Fitz, I'm taking Oklahoma State to win by 10 or more on the road. Yeah, that's probably a good pick, but I'm not going to overreact to the loss. I'll take Kansas State. They may not win, but I think it'll be a competitive game. And our last game of the week is the Carolina Panthers plus nine and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the NFL, folks, mm -hmm. and I'm taking the Chiefs. I think I bet against Matt Rule like every week last year. It's why I had kind of a bad year picking. I'm going to do it again. Give me the Chiefs. I hope he wears that weird shirt, <laughs> hoodie, whatever that is. Again, make your picks over at the Twitter page, The Drive 13, and leave a comment. Tell Scott he's good looking. Make him feel better. He missed last week's show. We need to lift him up. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott Jason of Fog.net. Well, I wanted to mention Kenny Logan. I haven't talked about him yet enough uh, because he's having a fantastic year. He was leading Kansas in tackles. He was ranking, I believe, second in the Big 12 in tackles per game entering this most recent game. And he only had three tackles. Not very impressive. But he did have that late interception I mentioned in the fourth quarter. Put Kansas in a position to be driving, uh, you know, potentially to get within a score of the game. He also returned a kick for a touchdown. And if you saw the play, he had decent blocking. He had okay blocking. But the reason he scored on a 105-yard kick return for a touchdown was 
right at the end, he spun the kicker around and made him fall into another Iowa State player. It was an absolutely fantastic, elusive move. Uh, great game from Kenny Logan, and uh, there, there are high hopes for him and Lawrence moving forward. I'm going to take another crack at answering the, poll, the weekly question. It was about Deuce Vaughn, not Will Howard. I'm not worried about Deuce. I just think he's a little banged up, a little tired. Uh, but I think he'll be fine against Oklahoma State. I think everyone on this team probably needs that week off coming between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. But then again, as we know from history of this short football season, that's when the COVID comes around to the team. So got to be careful out there. Mm-hmm. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.